I'm loath to say it, <laughs> and I'm really upset at myself, but I'm going to have to finally admit that John, for the first time in a long time, was actually right about something. Oh, fuck. Oh, no. No, don't, don't feed me. The world might fall off axis, but I had several people that mentioned that they were very excited by the prospect of us just diving into the episode because they said they had listened to things previously and just wanted us to get to the fucking topic already. <laughs> oh, no. After the first 40 minutes of us talking, they're like, okay, can we just get to that thing you're supposed to talk about? Aww. Well, to whoever so. gave that compliment to you, thank you. And uh, Indeed. I'm glad that it's appreciated because I've been enjoying it too. Uh, I don't know. I feel like it. Like you listen. Yeah. <laughs> I record. Well, that's all he listens. That's I all he listens yeah. to. Yeah. I'm not sure that counts, John. But oh, the uh, episode I, actually started. All right, done. Oh, and I'm good. out of here. Zimbity zoo. And I'm John. Uh, Heil, come slingers, and welcome <laughs> to the Disinformed Podcast. I'm Shane. I'm John. I'm Michael. I'm Courtney. Made it in an under two minutes flat, motherfuckers. That's Whoa. right. But uh, we are going to get hot and heavy here this evening because I am I'm going to have to avoid the preamble as much as humanly possible. But we have a caveat that we need to add. Okay. Uh-oh. Because Mr. Michael has yet again proven he can't finish shit. <laughs> nope. It's it's in my nature. Uh, the ADHD. I never finish anything I start. I wouldn't even say that. It's just that, you know, you're, well. Say what you said earlier, John. Oh, yeah, now I want to hear. <laughs> oh, was it uh, a <laughs> shit you talking? <laughs> oh, Lay it on it, me. Is he faking is he faking a cold so he doesn't have to finish? No. You were like if he doesn't like the topic, why did he start it? <laughs> <laughs> Bro. <laughs> Thank you. I forgot that. <laughs> That's a fair yeah. point. <laughs> it was uh, I had mentioned it. I was talking about it earlier with uh, Michael's. Like it's a tale of two podcasts last week because it was very like Dad hit Mom at the dinner table up front, <laughs> and then all of a sudden we started making cracks about kids with bindles in the middle of it, and then we were laughing again. Zach Randy, like, baby, you know, kids getting stuffed back into their box and drizzled on, and uh, suddenly we're back in our lane. So we we got we back can, on uh, course, yeah. Yeah, yeah, but uh, Michael, we look forward to part three. Yes, yes, it will be. I mean, next the week, royal we. As long as I am not dead, if I am alive next week, then that will be a sure. And promise. hey, if you feel like you're dying, just send over your uh, your show notes, and we'll do it for you. <laughs> I'm already editing another show routinely these days, so I don't need Michael for much of anything any longer. I, I think I'm good. Uh-oh. Honestly, though, wow. an oh, episode go. where John tries to present off of Michael's notes. That actually kind of sounds fun, yeah. <laughs> Especially since your format lately for your scripts are very uh, bullet pointy, so I wouldn't have any of the fill-in information. Nope. Like, to play us out, what the fuck does that mean? <laughs> play us out. Why does he keep speaking in idioms and catchphrases and shit? This is, this is terrible. Well, speaking of terrible, what we typically do on this glorious little show is we will delve into a random esoteric topic, and in the course of explaining it to one another, we will leaven in the occasional lie, and that is the shtick, that is the fun of this process. And it is incumbent on the co-hosts who are listening to ferret out the fact from the fiction, and call the lies in situ, point at them, and scream the word posse. Posse! Thanks, Thank Mike. Thank you for that. 
But uh, we've been talking about this, and I kind of uh, teased a, a pair of our co-hosts here, and uh, I, I'm leaving John in the dark because that's the best place for him. Yep. But as this episode is his namesake, I, I'm going to have to explain a little further. But uh, a gentleman who I'm very fond of was top in the pop charts fairly recently, at the end of the month of July, as a matter of stern fact. Uh, the gentleman John Mayer... Just released Sob Rock, and it was the number one album in the nation for a good long while. Yay! And uh, in honor of that, I'm going to try to be a little topical here, and I'm Ooh. going to make the perpetual joke be that the Bristol Stool Scale is never going to be discussed, but I'm just going to keep teasing it. So And teased I will feel. It will get there. It's it's around. I've decided the format for me going forward is going to be light topic, heavy topic, light topic, heavy topic, and I'm just going to swap off. It's called balance. Yes, I'm mm-hmm. going to you know try to make some things fun, and other times we'll talk about people chained in a basement, and that's on the horizon. Woo-hoo! So look forward to that, friends Cannot and neighbors. wait. Is that connected but, to the Bristol stool? Because uh, now I'm really excited about that. We're not going to combine your kinks into one hard-to-reach but easy-to-swallow format for you, Michael. I'm afraid that's not what I'm here for. Then what am I even doing here? So this week I'm going to beg the question, whose body is a wonderland, John Mayer? Hmm. We about to find out. Are we analyzing the song itself? Give me a give me a second here. I'm excited. I, he was I understand asking you John like Mayer, to, not you. Michael I, needs, I know you Michael needs forty five minutes of foreplay. All I need is someone to touch me in passing, like an accidental grazed shoulder, and I'll come immediately. So Yeah, I know you like the orgasm up front and then you just apologize for the rest of the act, but I'm I tend to do things in the normal fashion. It's called ex Catholicism. So. <laughs> Well, <laughs> that explains a lot about my first two boyfriends. Yeah, there's no priest involved in this at all. I love that it sounds like someone's just going to be electrocuted through the course of this episode. It's like anytime John has an impure thought, someone's got an electrode on his nutsack. It's uh, the ghost of Charles Jacobs coming through our our, uh, our mics. Indeed. Oh and uh, through our bodies and souls mother? as well. Come to mother. So... <sighs> I have six lies here for you this evening, boils and ghouls. I hope you are ready because there are also about 18 different sources that I had to suss this Ooh, thing out from. 18 tabs. That's what are you, impressive. Captain, Captain Tabs over here? Captain Sources? I am indeed Captain Tabs. Uh, Captain and keeping tabs. Anytime they need a tab open, they go to him? I'm spreading throughout the country, and uh, you'll bloat around the neck and face. Oh, Michael. Hi. <laughs> Oh, why are you targeting a trip? Are we mm. with the captain? No, I'm 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 Captain Tabs. It's different. It's not trademarked. I cannot be sued for Captain Tabs. So when the book is finally closed in a Kevin Smith dogma esque fashion on the human experience, I am sure there will be few documented fixations which transcend the human preoccupation with relationships. Because we all just love watching how we bump up against one another like moths to flames, etc. So much of our artistic expression, in fact, fixates on how we relate to one another on the widest array of emotional spectrums. Romantically, platonically, intellectually, physically, psychologically. 
Songs, films, books, TED Talks, paintings, podcasts, political advertisements all have, in some way, shape, or form, fixated on the idea of expressing sentiment about our interconnectivity. Be that as lurid as you would like to, OnlyFans friends here. <laughs> so, Ow. it is not shocking that the pop culture public writ large is a bit obsessed with songwriting as an expression of one's love or heartbreak. Was it Nancy Sinatra's smash hit You're So Vain that put a collection of prior paramours on blast which spearheaded this fixation for the American conscience, perhaps? Or maybe the famed Fleetwood Mac classic Rumors, which vaulted the concept of bandmates singing songs about one another to uh, one another before our very eyes to the forefront of our obsessive fixations. And lest we forget Miss Taylor Swift, who seemingly penned a song for every singular pair of eyes that ever casually flittered her direction. <laughs> but I digress. So. Regardless, music fans are absolutely ravenous for information detailing, who's that song about? Even beyond the topic of romance. If I'd had a nickel for every time I saw Dave Grohl get peppered about whether or not my hero details his feelings regarding Kurt Cobain's passing, I could retire to Sheboygan by now. Oh, nice old Sheboygan. <laughs> Indeed. Beautiful weather. Excellent. Yes. Close to Geenland, so... <laughs> You can get rid of bodies very quickly there and then dig them back up later on if you're so inclined. If you need Ooh. furniture. And cheese by the barrel full. Ooh. Sign me up. Yeah, I do love me a good Wisconsin cheddar. No, not not for Courtney. No Wisconsin cheddar for Courtney to mm. to lowball. Yeah. What's what's I the cheese you of low choice? Balls. Like a nice Maytag blue personally, but Isn't that a dryer? I was going to say, does it? <laughs> that cheese can't get serviced. In any event, I pen this long-winded and cheesy intro because it's something of a personal interest for me as well, without going into any detail that anyone on this podcast hasn't already heard two million times. But uh, I've been party to performing on certain songs concerning my personal relationships by and with another artist and have subsequently responded in kind, as is well documented. So as a songwriter, it is, of course, very cathartic to write autobiographically, particularly when you're aware the other party will be cognizant of the song's content, <laughs> i.e. Justin Timberlake, Britney Spears, uh. once or twice, maybe, but... Uh, consequently, I do have a decent amount of uh, skin in the game, as it were, and have talked about this with other musicians as well. And so it's something that we all ruminate over from time to time. We've all discussed it at length, as a matter of story oh, yeah. fact. So you can say, we have insight into this phenomena, which is particular to those of us sitting on this call. Even Michael, who wrote his most jaunty tuba tune relative to that dog he loved once. <laughs> oh, Skippy, come back. Oh, sniffles, Skippy, whatever. Where uh, are my testicles, Michael? <laughs> oh, my mouth. <laughs> <laughs> oh, 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 oh. Dog balls, I love volume you. one. I love you, Nipples. Yeah, turn off your camera if you're going to do that, Michael. <laughs> <laughs> uh, he's dying. Yeah, he's Get dying. those <laughs> dogs <laughs> out of the bathtub. <laughs> we actually, he's deceased. We killed him. Oh, my God. I can't. <laughs> breathe well <laughs> promise me that you'll filter in some of that audio into the actual episode oh my god no no <laughs> one wants to hear coughing no <sighs> quick listeners raise your hand if you want to hear him die if you want I to listen to me die 
leave a review <laughs> or a comment, <laughs> and I will add it. Because as we all know, John has no self-control, so he'll turn the coughing into a song. Oh, God, you're I've right. I've done less. For, I've done more for, more for less. less. Yeah. <laughs> I've also done less for more, so I mean, it's, it's, it's all there. It's tomato potato. Uh, so amidst all of this roiling nonsense, I will say we do this chin wag- uh, wagging, good God, to get around to today's topic, a song that on the surface is rather innocuous when it comes to content, but is infectious to the ear and a bit of a fixation for the fevered fans who adore a good songwriting story. John Mayer's 2002 smash hit, Your Body. Is a Wonderland. Sorry, can you pronounce that correctly? It's your body is a Wonderland. <laughs> your potty? Your potty. Your potty is a Wonderland. <laughs> Listen, your chocolate starfish fixation has nothing to do with me or this topic, friend. If only we could fly. Try to do it Durstly over here. <laughs> Dudley Durstly, in fact. So. Mayer released this much-beloved single in October of 2002, which was coincidentally the same year that he began a high-profile public relationship with actress, singer, and former Kids Incorporated co-star Jennifer Love Hewitt. I thought it was Aniston. Uh, Not in 2002, friend. He did fuck Aniston, though. That's You're like a the child point. that just wanders into the middle of the movie <laughs> and starts screaming, A Hannibal Lecter's gonna kill him! <laughs> Watch out! He's gonna the opening get you! sequence, you stupid shit. <laughs> Still doing the spooky mu- music while Clarice is running through the woods like no one's getting stabbed yet. Calm down. Fine. He's probably the kind of person that watches a horror movie and it's like, Watch out! Oh, yeah, Michael, name five <laughs> horror movies. Uh, I'm willing to wait for Saw, this. Saw, one, two, three, four, and five. No, <laughs> no sequels. You, oh. <laughs> you get Saw, there's one. All right, Check, Texas Chainsaw Massacre. You're doing great. Che- the Checkers Chainsaw I, Massacre. The, checker, the, the, the Checker, the, the, the Seesaw. Yeah, three um, Checker auto part. The Candyman. Yeah. Um, That's three. Uh, Friday the 13th, mm-hmm. okay. uh, Jeepers Creepers, which is actually one of my favorites. Okay, and now before we get off this bit and back to the episode, have you seen any of those five movies? Yeah, I've seen Jeepers Creepers, one and two. <laughs> fuck you. <laughs> I like Justin Long. He's a he's a. I'm not good, saying no. fuck yeah, you yeah, because yeah, you've yeah, seen, seen Jeepers Creepers. I think that's actually a fun horror movie. I'm saying fuck you because if that's the only one of the five that you've seen. Oh, I can't remember the other ones that I that I said. So I'm just. I going also with like that. that Michael said. I'm going to remind the listeners here that Michael's not presenting this week because he was afraid of being, you know, the person who had to speak. <laughs> Joe Cocker over here. <laughs> Jesus. Okay. Love you, buddy. So back to uh, Ms. Hewitt and Mr. Mayer. With the timing involved with the re- release of the song relative to their relationship sort of, you know, burgeoning into the public consciousness here, fans have assumed for years that Hewitt is the party the song concerns. However, the speculation does not end there. The fact that Mr. Mayer has been documented as being unlucky in love, and he'll be the first to admit he's partially to blame, has given rise to waves of speculation about the inspiration behind nearly every song he has ever written espousing any romantic sentiment. Whoa. 
I'm not kidding. Like, if you look at some of these, uh, you know, speculatory sites that they have out there that talk about celebrity relationships, this man is just plastered all over them. I think I've seen a few of those, and I'm sure that that's one of your sources, right? Oh, there's many. Okay. Yes. So, uh, from the assumption that the song Heartbreak Warfare addresses his tempestuous relationship with Friends star Jennifer Aniston. (laughs) Thank you. There you you are, John. Calm the fuck down. (laughs) And uh, possibly some of his jealousy toward her ex, Brad Pitt, uh, with the line, drop his name, push it in, and twist the knife again, watch my face as I pretend to feel no pain, to a brief flare-up he had with actress Natalie Portman in 2004 while she was filming Garden State, lending inspiration for my favorite John Mayer song, in fact, In Your Atmosphere, which has never actually been released as a studio recording. It's just a live track that he does from time to time. And then his rap battle-esque back and forth with Taylor Swift uh, with the songs Dear John and Paper Doll. And finally, his transparency about his hit Still Feel Like Your Man concerning his split with fellow pop icon Katy Perry. Uh, He was uh, asked about it in an interview and he said, yeah, who else would I be thinking about referring to Perry at the time after they parted company? No. Oh, okay. Yep. That is true, true. And they had – she was actually guested – she guessed it on a couple of songs on one of his albums. Yeah. Well. Born um, and Raised. Yeah. I don't feel mm-hmm. like he's good enough looking for like half these women. Oof. Well, but he knows Courtney's how to use his on fingers. The record. God damn. <laughs> he is very dexterous. We know that. Yeah, I guess that's fair. He does always, the bendy. can always turn the lights off and just let him work his magic. He also can do at least 18 cock push-ups. <laughs> that is fact. Mm-hmm. Seen it. You've been on the Jack receiving Jack Black end? taught him. What, what is a cock? push up well you just lay on on your stomach and you allow your boner to to lift you up off of the ground you don't know what oh. that is michael i am very out of shape You've i never... guess nope oh, i am shapes it's a bummer hmm. <laughs> says a lot about good. you yeah so in I'm any event disappointment throngs of songs uh penned by mr mayor have been ascribed to him ruminating over his former flames uh and so there is a degree of nonsense we're going to delve into over the course of discussing this. But to provide a little further context to the chatter about Mayer spending Wonderland about Hewitt, the two, of course, dated in 2002, as I alluded to. Uh, however, the song was actually recorded in 2001 and was written long before Mayer ever made it into the studio to craft Room for Squares, the album that it is featured on. So you can probably assume not necessarily about Miss Hewitt. Uh, that said, facts do have little relevance in fan fiction, as Michael will attest to oh, anyone yeah. who's sitting around to listen. Fan fictions don't care about your facts. And you can be shipped regardless of the shit that you've actually done in your life. But this rumor is so pervasive, in fact, that Hewitt is still being asked about it. Uh, I found an interview as recent as 2018 where the subject was addressed. So uh, on the Inside of You podcast, and that's a title that I don't even want to contemplate <laughs> for longer than a couple seconds. Oh, God. <laughs> don't make it a Journey song, please. I can't, no, I can't uh, cope. Get him to the Greek. It's the fake band that... Uh... Who's not Statham? Uh, Jason Siegel. He wrote all you the music some... for that. Anyway, yeah, huh. you've been uh, you've been fixating on our our friend who is another alum of the Katy Perry Fuck Club. So uh, sorry, 
you were just talking about forgetting Sarah Marshall last oh, yeah, week yeah, yeah. as well. Yeah. So now you're, yeah, you're yeah. chasing somebody's dick on this show. I, I think I just need to rewatch Getting to the Great because it's been on my mind. I just haven't done it yet. Because I, I, okay. I adore that movie. Also, I can't remember what the hell his name is. Aldous Russell Snow. Brand. Russell Brand, Aldous Snow. Yeah. Yes. I take it either way you want to. I don't care. I will. Need some if, it's, if it's him, he can give it any way he wants to. Yeah. <laughs> He's very erudite. I will, I will say that. I'm, I'm impressed by him personally. Okay. Just uh, his taste is well, subject to quibbling. But uh, anywho, Mr. Michael Rosenbaum, the host of Inside of You, asked Hewitt point blank about the matter. Uh, he briefly mentioned Mayer's name while he and Hewitt spoke about her dating history, which led to the perfect opportunity for him to pepper her with that question fans have always clamored for an answer about. Rosenbaum started to say, My assistant told me to ask you this before she cut him off abruptly <laughs> and then said, My body is a wonderland. And he says, Yeah! Confirming that's precisely what he was going to ask about. He's like, For the record, was it written about you? And she simply stated, No. It's not about her. Uh, pressing her for a little more information, and because he seemed to be genuinely surprised by this response, he asked, you sh it wasn't written about you? And Hewitt then says, she doesn't believe it was written for her, but she is more than fine with people thinking that it was, <laughs> because that is a real compliment. Uh, the actress still loves the song and appreciates that people think that it is about her. Uh, she's also exceedingly good-natured about the presumption as well, joking in an Entertainment Weekly interview that my body is far from a wonderland. My body's more like a pawn shop. There's a lot of interesting things put together, and if you look closely, you'd probably be excited, but at first glance, not so much. That's bullshit. That is not a real quote from her. That is an actual quote. No. Friends. Wow. Literally huh. said by one of the greatest women walking she's in so this hot. country. Well, if that's uh -huh. the case, I want to know where the pawn shop is. <laughs> yes, I have a ticket waiting. I wish to verify so. these claims. I have some things uh, to consign. I have watched, uh, I watched Heartbreakers 87 times, once in slow-mo. <laughs> <laughs> and that Sigourney is still hot. Well, that's so, kind of uh, sad that if she thinks her body's a pawn shop. What does that mean well, for the I rest think of us? When you oh, look God. like that, you have to be a little self-deprecating, all right? I don't think you can walk around being like, yeah, you're right. My body is, in fact, a wonderland. I sell tickets weekly, and it is a roller coaster ride, bitch. I mean... Is that frowned upon? Would, should I, I was gonna, stop? To say, that would... If Jennifer Love Hewitt came and said that to me, I, I would come again. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Could you come again? Come again? I'm trying. <laughs> I'm well. Uh, also, speaking of which, is, is anybody here familiar besides me with the show Kids Incorporated? No. Does this no. register with anybody? Okay. It also co-stars Fergie. Which is ridiculous, but this is back prior to her, I forget uh, her actual Christian name, but uh, yeah, <laughs> they were both singers in a, a kid's pop act, so, and it has a very Saved by the Bell kind of feel, so if you really want to huh. have a weird nostalgia trip with me, these people are all my contemporaries, they're all about the same age, so that dates me a little bit more, but yeah, I had major crushes on these sirens when they were young and uh, tender. So this before is they... way before Fergie peed herself on stage? Oh yes, <laughs> long before she urinated in public. By the way, which, people don't yeah. forget. You know, no, they just, don't. Just in case the listeners don't know, she peed herself on stage and they caught video. Yeah, well, so have you, so no one's judging here. No I'm one's just caught saying. it. But how no one's caught it. There's no videos of it. Never forget. 
I've seen you wringing out your underwear in the green room after sets, so I, I know what goes on. That's not pee. <laughs> That's not pee. <laughs> oh, God. Why does this look like milk strained through <laughs> okay. a weird colander? Buckets and buckets. Chunky. <laughs> oh, why did you have to say chunky? Uh. Cream rises to the top, motherfucker. It's like cottage cheese. I'm not cheese. having fun on this ride out. anymore. Can we leave? <laughs> shut it down. <laughs> shut it down. Get me out of here. Hey, someone was talking about their Maytag cheese earlier. So I think John's bringing you the dirty stuff from his washer. Yeah, that's my favorite. That's not what I want. <laughs> I'm not going to continue. Cause <laughs> okay, all right. Moving on. So that is not to say that every interpretation boils down to dirty-minded dalliances. Uh, a rather piquant post on the site lyricinterpretations.com, and I fucking wish this thing was a joke. But that site exists, and I'm going to denote for the record the that ugly this was marked of as... If only. Uh, but this was noted on the site as being a poor interpretation of the song's <laughs> intent. So just putting that out first. <clears throat> this is a great song. People who look at the surface of the lyrical content miss the true depth behind the words. John Mayer is clearly not just talking about his love for a woman. This song is a satirical take on the anthropocentric worldview of the West in relation to the environment. Mayer describes the world, or body, as a wonderland, highlighting the selfish way that man exploits nature for his own ends. The world looks so good that sometimes it hurts him. In this instance, Mayer himself is abstracted and acts both as the victim and the villain as he sees the planet being destroyed through ravenous and insatiable pleasure that is derived from our exploitative ways. It is not a sex song. It's a message the ages can i take a stab at what i think the song's about sure pussy that's it let's go i mean he doesn't say your pussy is a wonderland he doesn't have to it's in the subtext did the person just say <laughs> did, did that interpretation say that the planet gets pleasure when we exploit it i don't think that's precisely what it said but that's the context that i feel like i, I got saying, from that last part he's saying the planet is destroyed through our insatiable pleasure at exploiting it not that oh, the planet okay. enjoys being objectified okay. i was it's a like waste this, of this suffering this was getting some like you know green eco-friendly stuff and then all of a sudden oh but it it, it comes when you destroy it, it it's if you great. uh if you didn't want me to litter on you you shouldn't address that way oh god oh god oh god <laughs> <laughs> Fucking hell, Michael. Okay, so you there is. Courtney, n- by the way, she's she's dying. All right, well, she shouldn't address that way either. There wow. is no conceit. I kid. She can dress however the hell she wants, and I applaud her for it. So you stunning. go, girl. So Get it. I'm gonna kill In fact, I'm gonna take my this. shirt off just right now in solidarity. I'll join you. <laughs> Do it now. I want to watch. You won't. Hold on, Daisy. <laughs> I want to watch. <laughs> Love you. Comedy jokes. <laughs> All right. There is no conceit to the acidic deterioration caused by the bubblegum tongue in there, so uh, I I can gauge their point, however. Uh, I also truly relished this post on that site, which uh, I'll relate for pure entertainment value. Gosh. 
This song is disturbing. I mean, seriously, John Mayer, you're going to write a song about how great sex is? That's so not classy at all. I don't want to hear about how you love to bang your girlfriend. If a guy is saying that to me, like, gosh, I'd slap him in the dick as hard as I could, and he would be out the door in an instant. That's a fake fucking quote. Yeah, true. Uh, no, the, the quote is true. <laughs> so if you got something that you feel is disingenuous, you might want to tell me what it is, friend. <sighs> Was that actually in response to John Mayer's song? Yes. Or was that uh-huh. a this was okay. a post on the Your Body is a Wonderland interpretation. Was that actually written by Michael? <laughs> Plot twist. If some dick dude saying that to me, I'd slap him in the dick. Uh, John, you got half credit, but I'm uh, I'm going to want you to sniff around, friend. Oh, I, I... You're, you're capable. You're going to give up? <laughs> have you met me? Bitch out. <laughs> oh, have you met fair. me? Yeah. I have. Ben has done that. The whole Got the haircut. Yeah, no, exactly. the whole quote is not bullshit. There is a segment of it that is slapping in, in not the dick correct. is not. Thank you, <laughs> thank you. But everything I else, I gave you a layup, yes, asshole. Like yes, slap... everything else is there. There's no way that that they would even print that. It says I would slap him as hard as I could. <laughs> I decided to give you a little something to keep you. Also, in slapping him in the dick, you would like it. I mean, you'd hope. Right, Michael? That's things that people that's, like. Yeah, that yeah, that's that's a fetish. I held the gun, you pulled the trigger. Hey, okay. There's a there's a Sorry. great thing called Pain Olympics that you can I've had a sidebar really question and it's really been bothering me and Oh, why I am was, I not shocked? I was curious if maybe you guys could weigh in on this real quick or listeners feel free. Um, in the comments. So this is a, like a fetish culture this question. This is not YouTube. Oh my. So Oh god. In this imaginary scenario, these people are on a vacation on a beach. And yes, one... John, you should seek therapy. <laughs> Are you spoiling White Lotus? Yes. Don't, uh, I'm not finished No, yet. no, I haven't even started it. Oh. Um, <laughs> so these people are on a beach, and then a jellyfish stings one of them, and then they have to pee on the other person. Do you think that a piss fetish has been originated from that exact moment? No. Oh, as in like someone discovered their fetish from that? From a jellyfish sting and having to get peed on? Uh, And then now they're like... They're bringing jellyfishes around, and they're like, you don't need the jellyfishes. And they're like, actually, no, this is part of it now. This is my thing. I need the jellyfish. I need the sting and the pee. I can't just have one or the other. Okay, I, I was going to say that seems feasible until you said they bring the jellyfish with them everywhere, and they say, okay. I need this to start. I mean, it's one of those things where it makes a little bit of sense, because that's what I can't. I was thinking while you were saying that, what other situations would you be peed on? That already exactly. didn't have to do with the fetish. Exactly. That's the only thing I could think of. But like it also you have to think of most times when you get stung, it's like on your arm or your leg or something like that. You're not going face first into a jellyfish. So and I would and I'm taking an assumption here. <laughs> taking an assumption that so golden I'd say showers that a, uh, a portion of the fervor surrounding this song in particular stems from how candid Mayer has been about his past relationships and sex life in the media. We're referring, of course, to the man who famously described Jessica Simpson as sexual napalm in a Playboy interview and told Rolling Stone regarding his breaking up with Jennifer Aniston, I've never really gotten over it. It was one of the worst times of my life. It's easy to see how a song about physical intimacy from a man who later went on to indicate he's searching for a partner in a possession of a vagina you could pitch a tent on and just camp out for like a weekend. Wait, you know, the Joshua tree of vaginas? Might stir up a bit of adolescent feeling. That's a interest. real quote? That is a real quote. Jesus. Did he really call uh, Jessica Simpson, uh, what did you say? Sexual napalm? napalm? Sure did. And was that a compliment or an insult? Because I a can't... A compliment. Uh, he said he okay. would pay her to fuck her. 
if he had to. Wow. Uh, he would he would okay. spend thousands of dollars in order to continue to fuck her if he had to. Wow. Uh he was he felt it was that good. Alright. Yep. So uh for those of you who enjoyed Dukes of Hazard, there are hazards there that have not been contemplated before, but uh, <laughs> I don't think Napalm's the, uh, probably not a good choice considering the connotation. But yes, I see where you're yeah. going, Michael. Okay. It's kind of the sting that a jellyfish might give you if you're a fucking pervert. Anywho, <laughs> moving on. Thank you for giving me closure. No, I'll fucking close your eyes forever, you dim witted shit. Anywho. <laughs> Let me get over there. Give me you 45 will? minutes. <laughs> if I don't hit you in traffic, I'll burn your house down. So <laughs> the reality of the song's inspiration might be even more titillating than previously imagined. Mm-hmm. Now, Mayer is admittedly not necessarily one to kiss and tell, but a little diving, pardon the pun, reveals a cross-sectional collision with the contemporary composition of another singer-songwriter. Vanessa Carlton. The Be Not Nobody songstress and mayor dated for a time in John's post-Hewitt phase around 2003. So this is, of course, no shock. However, the pair appear to have enjoyed a little bit of a fling prior to their official documented public romance. In her interview with Vice regarding the inspiration for writing A Thousand Miles, Carlton admits that the song is about a crush that she had on a Berkeley student. And I would never talk to this person. I was very shy and there was just no way in God's creation that this would ever happen. So the idea of like, you have a better chance of falling up than ever having a relationship with this person. And I cannot say this person's name because he's like a famous musician and I don't want to say She is then asked by the director of this Vice thing, well, does the person know the song is about them? To which she responds, no. As it stands, Mayer attended Berkeley in 1997, which a bit of casual sleuthing reveals is the era when Carlton initially penned this famous single. She was 17 at the time when she composed it. Uh, Added to which we have Mayer's own explanation of where body originated from. On his VH1 Storyteller's appearance, Mayer stated he wrote the song about his first girlfriend that he had at age 19, indicating that the song was originally named Strawberry Wonderland, but was later changed. Said Mayer, It's really a song about when you could love someone enough to jump into bed at four in the afternoon and get out when it's, like, dark. Like, when you go see a movie and you walk out and it's dark out. Same thing, except, you know, uh, instead of the movie, it's sex. He's got a lot of jam. Indeed. So given that the two were attending the same school at that time, uh, went on to have a very public relationship six years later, and both wrote hit songs that were released within a year of one another, this story fits entirely too well to seem completely overcooked. So, does Mayer mind that his first songs were considered to be sophomoric pop songs about showing up the jocks at his old school and getting busy with a beautiful songstress? On that subject, Mayer is very open. In fact, in 2007, he said, I don't know if you know, but I'm not exactly Bob Dylan. Uh, I'm already a pop musician. I'm not on the, as they say in the parentheses here, rock snob archive label Razor and Tie. Uh, I want to reach as many people as possible. Listen, I can play you West Montgomery's Smokin' at the Half Note. I can play you Van Halen's Panama. I love Big Bill Brunsey. I love Charlie Patton, and I'm not interested in carrying on those people's legacies. I'm interested in being informed by all of this music while still meeting the requirements of what a pop song is. I don't mind compromising. And that 
my dear friends, what? is what I have for you <laughs> regarding this topic. I blinked and it was over. Uh-huh. So there's not the, uh, official closure other than just the, the sleuthiness of Carlton? Indeed. So it's a, it's a bit of speculation on my part as I was researching this where I saw the what actually spurred this conversation initially. So I had thought in the course of having conversations with other people that this song was about Natalie Portman. Okay. And that was how it was originally posed to me. And so I had started investigating because I was under the impression that they had had, you know, this sort of torrid love affair and all these things happened. And then I went on to discover that all this was around Jennifer Love Hewitt and had nothing to do with Natalie Portman. And everybody was talking about her and Moby instead and uh, how bizarre that situation was. So I did not find anything to corroborate the Portman thing until I started diving into the in your atmosphere stuff. But uh, I was like a goon for Garden State. And we've talked about this previously, like I'm I'm a bit of a fan of Natalie Portman naturally. Oh, yeah. So uh, we've we've gone in and out of these tunnels before, but uh, it, it felt like a very interesting thing and then i saw the vice little like 20 minute documentary that they did on uh, a thousand miles and you've got this sort of cloyed cute sort of thing with vanessa carlton talking about how it's a famous person and she doesn't want to say who it's about and there's a bunch of people speculating online and then i discovered that these two actually were in a relationship with one another at a time and then had these weird cross sections so all of this kind of threaded together in a very interesting serpentine sort of way and i didn't want to overstay my welcome cuz i mean there's a whole lot of other stuff you can get into about like people speculating over who wrote what song about who this happens all the time there was a whole it's speaking of our favorite uh, artist these days fred durst had a song where he you know was speculated to have written it about britney spears and it was this whole big cavalcade of speculation where people were saying that he was uh you know a pervert for for saying things like basically claiming on record that he had had sex with her and uh, was a little untoward in the way that he was phrasing it. And uh, so a lot of very bizarre stuff surrounds people's fascinations with what the motivation behind songs is. Yeah. And so I I figured I would uh, just, you know, tease the skirt up a little bit on this. I mean, I like it. To use a horrible turn of phrase. We uh, we only caught one. And and that was with guidance. Uh Uh-huh. Yeah. Well, do you you feel proud of yourself? Do you? I mean, do I ever? I don't know. Do you? No, no, I hate everything. Okay. It's well, kind of the story of my life. Hate fuck me uh, with the other five, unless I these guys have, have something. I kind of have a stab. Please, so, give okay. me, I'm, I'm curious, because I, I did, I threw a lot of material at you, so. Well, so there was a TikTok series that I saw about three or four months ago that was speculating that Vanessa Carlton's song was actually about another woman that she went to school with. So is really? she actually related at all to this story? Like, What do you she, mean? Like, did she actually go to school with John Mayer? Like, were they in school at the same time? Uh, they were in school at the same time, okay. yes. Hmm. There was something about Sinatra, but I think I may have missed part that of that. That was Nancy Sinatra, Yes, not yes, Frank. yes, 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 yeah. Uh-huh. And I, I, I think I had forgotten it, but anything about... Um... No, that is true. Uh, okay, the, the song <laughs> You're So Vain is actually believed to have been written about three different individuals, one of which is Warren oh. Beatty is the speculation. But yes, there's a lot of people who, who like to tie these things together. 
Public Romance, I mean, uh, the fascination with rumors in particular, that album is still, as of right now, in the top uh, 200 hot list for selling materials. And that was released in the 70s. Wow. So you can imagine the staying power of something where you've got two couples in the band that broke up very publicly and then started writing material about one another. It's <laughs> kind of a fascination for Americans. That's fair. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's what the whole TMZ paparazzi... People just eat it up, and then when, instead of having to harass the celebrity about who are you dating, what's going on, they're just writing about it. That's just, that's free content, I guess, Mm -hmm. for for people. Now, Courtney, I'm going to give you a a moment here, because uh, they they were in school at the same time, but uh, if if you're sniffing around in that area, I will give you a moment to explore further if you're inclined. Ooh. Oh. The dangling the carrot there. Mm-hmm. Was, was the school not Berkeley? That would be correct. Because I think, she, where did I? She I went to Juilliard. Sure to, yeah, yeah, yeah. I was going to say mm-hmm. she went to school in New York. Yes, and that is one of the lies. Yeah. So amazing. congratulations. You gave that one, though. That doesn't yeah. count. Well, but I mean, you were sniffing around ever? the same spot, so I, I gave you another bite at the apple. But they were in school at the same time, <laughs> okay. so... Technically, your first stab was not correct, but uh, you you got there eventually. Anything else? No. Nope. But he but it was still about a Berkeley. Like he he still went to Berkeley, right? Or did they he both did? Go yes, to- he went to Berkeley. Okay. Sorry, I'm like ten steps behind here, and I'm like, mm-hmm. wait, who's John Mayer? Um, <laughs> as, as a joke, as a joke. He's what a year is it? A jazz musician. Hey, Michael, name five songs. Oh, that's actually a fun one. In general? No, no, no. Five, <laughs> I mean, either. Five really. mayor songs. Oh, I don't know. I know your body's in Wonderland. That's that's all you're going to get out you, of it. Uh, name one more. No. I, Try it. All right. You're done. <laughs> I, I literally, I'm thinking blank. Nothing is going on in my I said brain. one at the beginning of this show, in, in a matter of fact, and then I named four others while I was presenting this topic. So Meanwhile, you, you he had, was just waiting for clarity. I am, I am the TV static right now that is that is who i, I feel am. like the question that is, is a little bigger than your body you know in fact oh, i am bigger certainly. than my body uh, <laughs> at this point oh you guys are all referencing fuck all y'all <laughs> well we just <laughs> as of right now we're sharing the uh, the split screen silence is what uh, we're doing yeah uh-huh. but i mean all those always, that you just always, said there michael you're wandering floor. the great indoors do you know it you could go ask your daughters <sighs> yeah true also yeah, i'm sure it'll all come back to you we get it. You all are cool and popular and you know shit. All right. I get it. Michael, one of these days you'll be born and raised. It's going to be fine. <laughs> On the playground? Michael, <laughs> uh, if I get days. sick of doing this podcast, I'm going to find another you. <laughs> All right, so we're moving on. The Here best we go. I got is Save Me San Francisco from an entirely different band. <laughs> You're that, that fired. Was, just yeah. shut up. Oh, I don't want to hear it anymore. Man, I'm just waiting for the world to change. <laughs> that well, is John Mayer? Okay. That might, okay. Be, uh, okay. might be Wildfire. Or you might just have uh, you know a little belief there, John. Yeah. But I'm an assassin. Yeah, just you were right. curious. I, I know, Jesus I know that Christ. we're vultures here, but why don't we get the rest of the lies? Saying, well, <laughs> I don't need another shade of green to know I'm on the right side with you, John. Good All right. Lord. All right. Lie number one is 
one that I actually threw back at you another time to see if anybody wanted to take a bite at it. Uh, he and Natalie Portman never had a relationship. They were never connected. They have oh. never dated. There's nothing about them at all connected. So the song In Your Atmosphere is written about somebody in Los Angeles, and uh, he doesn't want to go to L.A. anymore, but it nothing to do with Natalie Portman. Beautiful song. Uh, Yes, I. it's still my favorite. I still have no idea who the hell he's talking about, but uh, what are you going to do? Uh, and I was going to throw in other things about how Zach Braff looks very similar to John Mayer, and so the whole Garden State thing played out in a in a very interesting way, but I left it alone because I figure I don't need to tack more time speaking, onto this nonsense. Speaking of, though, uh, Scrubs is worth a rewatch, I think, and Zach Braff is, uh, always always made me laugh. I didn't watch it the first time, so oh, uh, it well, should be fun. It should be fun. It's such it's very lighthearted for the most part. But anyway, continue. is it is it aged any? Uh, I will fairly... report. I will report back because I think I'm going to okay. start rewatching the uh, here and there. Because <laughs> yeah, I hear people talking all about Friends and everything like that, and I'm like, eh, I know that, that back that's... in its heyday, it was still uh, really well received for how accurate they portray medical related things. <laughs> in fact, I think it was more medically accurate than. You know, the big budget drama shows on the other networks like ER and uh, what, Grey's and Anatomy what's the, and what's the fucking yeah. grouchy guy who's <laughs> not Grey's Anemone. Thank you. <laughs> I said Anatomy. Who's, oh, House. Anemone. Yeah. Anyway, uh, neither here nor there. I do you don't like Grey's Anemone, though. Actually, is? actually, House is well known for being very medically accurate because one of the ladies who does the medical journal for the New York Times was writing on that show. Huh. Interesting. Yeah. She also got headaches from MSG. Oof. That's uh Steven. Okay, so number uh two <laughs> winging our way here is uh being slapped in the dick as John <laughs> was yep, I was waiting for the spit take, so thank you. <laughs> close, very close. <laughs> Uh, no dick slapping here. Aww. Uh, lie number three is, of course, uh, that uh, the song was written about a Berkeley student. It was not written about a Berkeley student. It was written about an individual who attended Juilliard with uh, Miss Carlton. Okay. And in fact, was not a musician at all, but is a famous actor as described. So that Ooh. is lie number four mm. to fall back in. And Double whammy. But, uh, you know, that that is what it is. And so uh, Vanessa Carlton did date John Mayer. They were together. And so I was able to extrapolate this. But uh, Mr. Mayer, lie number five is his first girlfriend was not when he was 19. He is uh, a little bit more uh, fast of a bloomer. In <laughs> fact, his uh, first girlfriend was at 14, according to him. So this song was written about he and a 13-year-old girl, no. apparently. Stop. Well, he was 14, right? So Yeah, he 14, was 14, yes. So, like, yeah, so this okay. is his uh, relationship with a very young and borderline, barely post-pubescent young lady. But, uh, you know, you, you get what you get when you get it, apparently. I don't like it. Yeah. Well, yep. That's fair. Yeah. It actually so, says on his Wikipedia page, it's John Mayer, his age, and then it says, he be fucking. <laughs> and they're not wrong. He is, in fact. It's like a wave, in fact. Or an emoji of a wave, if oh, you would. Oh, honey. Mm-hmm. Yep, indeed. But uh, you could roll it on home, John. By the way, if this isn't Dewan's favorite episode, True. I quit. I'm trying real hard to to be the shepherd here, but yeah. uh, you're welcome, Dewan. I'm I'm glad that you're here with us, and, yes. and big gloves and kisses from over here on the dark side. But uh, where we talk about music that is not country, and that's Country Brothers. 
winging your way every week, mostly. And uh, it's a laugh riot, and they are glorious. And they're going to be celebrating their birthday here very soon, which is going to be a lot of fun. Happy oh. birthday, boys. Party down. Yeah. Uh, the, 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 I can see why y'all are, are kin, uh, that you're, you know, sharing a month. Oh yeah. We poured it's a beautiful it. thing. So lie number six, the final one in this saga is of course that, uh, the two were attending the same school at the same time. Uh, and so the songs could have some correlation with one another. They were not attending the same school. They were attending it at the same time, just as uh, she was over at Juilliard, he was at Berkeley, and he was only there for a year. He bounced right the hell out and uh, elected to just pursue his career as a professional magician, as Michael would say. Ah, uh, yes. <laughs> Very much. Indeed. Yeah, so that, like... blood sugar but... baby? <laughs> yeah. But you still think that her song is attributed to, like it was about him? No, it's no. not. That's no. the that's okay. the Jesus, whole Michael? crux of this. I, I'm sorry. I'm literally television static. I'm trying he to tune it understand, in here. Uh, he doesn't understand sarcasm. He doesn't relate facts or uh, you know their inaccuracy. Yeah, so you you got hit pretty hard with the dumbs, huh? I mean, more so than usual. Yes. Well, actually, Michael, this is all predicated on a lie I told back, uh, uh, you know, 17 episodes ago when I, I presented. I knew it! <laughs> and I looped this in because uh, you believed it back then, and I I didn't you know, appropriately convey that it was a lie at the time. And so now I'm re-clarifying with additional lie here so that you can, you know, be tricked all over again. Ha! I knew it. Goes it all the way comes, to the top. Comes, yes. Um, well, I do hope you feel better for next week because uh, the people need closure. Oh, I'll give them closure, even if I'm still dying. I, I can't I can't hold it for much longer. And oh, thank God. you, Shane, for you. you know whipping this together. Did you just do this today? No, no. no I, he said uh, I had this prepared for a while. Okay. Yeah, yeah, I'm I'm actually somebody who likes to prepare. So I have got as of right Ouch. now four topics fully prepared and waiting in the wings ready in case go. I need to present at a moment's notice. Nice. They're all done, ready to roll, and and fully formatted. Nice. So that's how I roll. Well, I appreciate you being who you are. Well, yeah. thank you. You're Someone's got to be prepared. I was going to say that after Michael's Dome of Synanon, if we want to talk about Fred Durst, I think uh, I could get that out of the way for you. But if everyone has plans, Ooh. I can always wait as well. Say, uh, you know. I mean, no, no, no. By all means, if you want to get it out, get it out. Episodes, so. yeah. All right. Well, then after, after not this week, well, two weeks from now, I'll, I'll talk to you guys about Fred Durst. <laughs> Excellent. Oh, I'd rather keep rolling. Yeah. Rolling, rolling, rolling. Like an air raid vehicle. Uh, so this might be one of our, our, our shorter uh, episodes in a, in a good long while, unless y'all want to answer the uh, permanently lingering question. Michael? How are y'all doing this week? <laughs> oh, <laughs> he jumped oh, it. No. Yeah, he wanted me to speak for him this week, so I'm that's, just going to pick fair. it up all over the place. That's probably better. I yeah. have a real question for you guys. Yeah, what's up? I have a real answer. So I have a fake one. If we all took the psychopath test, who do you think on our podcast would score the highest? Ooh. Is this a loaded question? This is, yes, but also an interesting one nonetheless. Well, if one, you'd said sociopath, you... I would have gone me like first yeah. thing out of the gate. But okay. uh, psycho, yeah. I'm not sure. Is this something we're going to have to report back on? Uh, yeah, I'm going to send you the 20 questions and uh, we're going to Oh, find okay. Out. okay. Okay. Should we take our guesses now yeah, and then I, compare I, yeah, them? Yeah, and then okay. we report back next week. Uh, you should send that uh, or throw the link into the show notes too in case people want to compete. Yeah. Who can be yeah. the crazier one? 
Well, uh, considering, uh, Courtney, that you are the Ted Kaczynski of this podcast, I am going to say that you are probably high in the running for me. <laughs> you know what? Yeah, I actually do vote Courtney because she sent live bees to somebody. <laughs> yep. Oh, no. Yeah, she's basically the, the Unabomber of our show. And, uh, you know, Michael opened the package and survived. Courtney luckily. once told me in depth how she would dispose of a body. That's true. <laughs> well, I mean, haven't we all technically yeah, explored that I mean, option once or twice? All, yeah, oh, yeah, but this was like times. very casual. Uh, it, brilliant, yes, but also it was a very casual conversation. Because, oh, I know how to get rid of a body. Yeah, oh, not... listen, I watched Sweeney Todd too, okay? I know how to make no. a meat pie. Are you going to share this or do you want to keep oh, this? Oh, I can tell because I'm not going to do it. I feel like this is a nice way to go out before we take the test. <laughs> I always, you know, think murder is a nice way to go out. Um, no, I think if you're going to if you're going to kill somebody and dismember them, you put their pieces of their body into dog bags and you leave them in like dog poop receptacles all over the city because that's not somewhere that anybody would look and it would cover the smell. That's a fair point, yeah. Mhm. So more, now a lot uh, less uh, conspicuous than in like dumpsters or something like that. Right. So Jill the Ripper over here is just uh, coming what up I'm with casual ideas. Saying. Yeah, yeah. And John lets me sit behind him. I have the camera. I can see if you're coming. You know, but he's he's also aware that his death is going to come through that door at any given interval. So oh, he's, yeah. he's been waiting for the, the dispatch Dude. from behind. <laughs> I I think it's probably a combination of all of the above. But like late night when I'm working on stuff in here, I'll have my head or these headphones on, and like I'll work on music or I'll be like idly doing something, and I swear I hear noises. Um, and it freaks me the fuck out. It's always around like one thirty. Probably is my neighbor yeah. turning up their stereo or something. It's but called every music, time, John. You're, every you're time mixing it. No, no, it's not the same. That's, that's not what I was saying. It's John, coming it's... from inside the recording. John, you ghosted the recording of. Okay. Yeah, it's probably. Yeah, you just recorded Michael farting or burping or <laughs> you know blowing his nose again, and you've got it so down in the mix that you don't realize it's still on the track. Oh, like that one time where I sent you a rough mix and you're like, Sam's coughing in the background uh -huh. at, at, and you gave me a timestamp and I was like, yep. holy fuck, yeah, she is. <laughs> yeah, I myself thought I was, you know, watching Halloween in the background. Kill, kill, kill. <laughs> if it makes you feel any better about uh, post-show activities, uh, Becky, Kristen, and I left the second, like, because we went to my work afterwards for a quick round. And then everybody, I guess, got like a 14th wind and they wanted to go to a 2 a.m. bar. And I was like, fuck this. I'm starving because I'm just like you, like Shane. I don't I didn't have time to eat. You know, we're running around. So a Wendy's dinner it was. So like we left. I went and got Wendy's, sat on my couch, had a beer and fell asleep. Um, and then I woke up to a text from Asher and he sent it at 2.45 in the morning. And it said, what the fuck? Shit went wild. Ask Sam how her daughter... Ask Sam how her bite is doing. What? So apparently they go to this dive bar uh, in Central Phoenix, and this he called her chaotic neutral woman <laughs> and her dog, whose name was Little Tony, uh, are at on the patio, and apparently they're all fucked up. And this girl flat out bites Sam on the arm. Oh, what the uh, fuck? Yeah. To which I respond to both Asher and to to Sam and and Marcus. I was like, yeah. I just go home and <laughs> and eat and relax on the couch, and I'm happy with that. I don't need these stories. Nothing good happens after midnight. Not a goddamn yeah. thing. Wow. I, did, I like that you preface that with, you know, here, let me help you feel better. 
Well, about yeah, this is why you don't stay show. out. This is why you don't stay out. I don't need your affirmation. I, I know figured you don't. this I'm just shit out you more years ago that I hate you people, and the least amount of time I spend with you is the best for all involved parties. And then you're like, let's start a podcast, John. Yeah, he's not spending <laughs> no, uh, time with you. Said, yeah, I was going to say, you asked me to do the podcast, and I was like, well, here I am fixing your fuck ups again. So, yeah, I guess I'll carry this. <laughs> Somebody got stuff. Bless you, my dear. Look, look at how they treated my boy. <laughs> <laughs> look how they massacred my boy. Yes, yes. Get the quote but, right. But uh, it's but sick. anyway, uh, shout out to the fucking mother woman of little who, Tony. Yeah, the, the mother of little Tony. Neutral. I don't think mother. that's neutral chaos. Let's be let's be real about the Bard House here for a second. We've been wanting to bite Sam for seven <laughs> years now, so I'm upset somebody got there before me. I don't want to be this guy, but I feel like I have to say it. She probably deserved the bite. Yeah, no doubt. I know this woman. I love her to death. She probably said something. She probably said, she's probably like, you wouldn't fucking bite me. And then the woman's like, oh, yeah. And she's like, yeah, fuck you and your dog. And then she probably got bit. That's probably how it happened. Oh, so it's the female equivalent of John. Talk shit. Dare me. Dare me. And I will. Basically. Did the dog have a uh, bleach blonde, short cropped haircut? No, it was one of those ratty-looking things. So, oh, yes. So, okay. All right. Noted. <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah. Anywho. There's the anecdotal story for you. That's not how I'm doing, but that's how our friends are doing. Well, in the immortal words of Justin Bieber, where are you now that I need you? Good pull. Wow. <sighs> yep. Well, ladies and germaphobes, thank you, as always, for joining us for another stirring installment of this podcast. And, yes... Much to our chagrin or your delight, depending upon what camp you're in, we will bring you back more Cinnabon next week so that you can engorge yourself, fall asleep in a pile of goo on your couch, ashamed of what you got up to, as per usual. Right. But if you're enjoying what you're hearing here on your preferred podcast provider app, you should probably subscribe. That means that this will wing your way with little thought. In fact, no thought at all. It'll occur synaptically every marvelous Monday morning. And then if you enjoy it and you want to let us know, give us a little rate and a review because we would love to hear from you. Furthermore, we are on the tubes of you every wonderful Wednesday and we're bringing you fabulous fan fiction, uh, ridiculous concepts, and uh, discussion about books that we enjoy from time to time and myriad other nonsense that we can dredge up out of our disgusting and sociopathic and psychopathic brains as Courtney will attest and furthermore there's a link tree in the show notes as uh, along with all of my sources for this week's material so you can go scope us out on your preferred social network of choice and give us a little love there if you're so inclined. But I think that covers it and uh, wraps us up like a pair of legs around a 14-year-old John Mayer. So... (laughs) He don't need no doctor for his prescription to be filled. Yep. Indeed. And he's free ballin'. Why, Jordan? Why? Disinformed this week... He wants to run through the halls of his high school, and I am Shane. I'm John. <laughs> I'm Michael. I'm Courtney. Oh, this is going to be terrible. Do it. Z- Zippity zoop, I'm out of here. Wait, Why is it just you? Oh, my you? God. Oh, shit. I wish it was just you. Zippity zoop, we're out of here. <laughs> Keep the coffin. <laughs> I'm not yeah, doing the coffin.